Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, my name is Quinn Eaton. And I am DJ Pig. And we are here to do the impossible. We are here to bring justice to what could possibly be the greatest and most talked about documentary series of all time. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm warranting that. Possibly. Who knows? Yeah. Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. I think that's what it's called. All three elements are there if, it's not, uh, that, if that's not what it's called. Um, but it is an unbelievable documentary series that came out on Netflix at quite possibly the perfect time because everyone in America, at least, watched this documentary series. Indeed. And goodness gracious, uh, the name does it justice. Like I said, all three of those elements are there. And DJ and I are going to do our best. This is a recap and review, so we're kind of talking about it. We're also reviewing it. We're giving it uh, maybe possibly a score at the end. Um, and so it's very exciting, and it, there's a lot to get to. Uh, but first, DJ, uh, could you go ahead and tell the people how this podcast works? Now, this one, of course, we're talking about uh, you know a TV series, or or you know we've we've done things where we've talked about movies before. But in general, how does this podcast work? Just to kind of clear it up for the audience. Well, sometimes I like to think of it as uh, this podcast work. It works almost like a trained dog. All right, so you, you, yeah, you've got this dog, and you're you've we do the we do the training, and what we like to do is train it to go get you a beverage out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what we do is 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 we train this dog, and we do this over and over and over, and then we send that dog to the fridge so that it can bring you back a nice beverage or whatever you like, so that you can, uh, you know, have a drink, ah, hey. have a drink when you like it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for anyone that's worried, oh, you know, well, they're at the studio, they're going to have to drive home. Uh, DJ's cracking up a brewski, and it's perfectly fine because he is safely at home. We're doing this from two separate locations, uh, keeping the podcast going. Uh, So no harm, no foul. Uh, But, you know, you probably should have told me that, and I could have grabbed one, and this would have been a real loose episode of All You Need to Know. But, hey, uh, I'll keep it tight, and you can hang loose. How's that sound? Hanging loosely. And it's good that metaphor that you that you used uh, involved an animal. Wow! And yeah. here we are talking about an animal, possibly the uh, top of the food chain, because uh, a tiger would just rip open a dog, no matter what size. I mean, even a Great Dane, not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Uh, and that's kind of dark and morbid that I brought that up. But hey, I was just thinking about that. It came across my mind. And you know how sometimes a thought comes across and you just go, Ah, no, get out of here. Uh, this one, for some reason, I was just like, you know, you know what? Come on. And so then it came out of my mouth, and that happens. Right. And I'm sure, and I'm sure things like that have happened to you as well, right? Right. Well, I mean, all, all of us. Uh, seem to well, some don't, I guess, but all of us like to have or like to think that we have a filter from our brain to what comes out of our face. And uh, you know, in these times when you're locked in quiet solitude for this long of a or this large of amount of a time, uh, sometimes you don't get to change that filter out as much as you right. need to. So sometimes it just comes out. Damn straight. And talking about not changing that filter out as much as you should, there are a lot of characters in this documentary series that either don't have a filter or, you know, they just, they absolutely have not cleaned it out in a long time. And honestly, DJ, with as much stuff as we have to cover in this episode, I think we should jump right into it. What do you say? I'm going to kick this 
home run like a kickball out of the park. All right. And so that was a sports reference that sort of worked, uh, but this podcast is going to be much better than that sports reference. Uh, This is episode 120, Tiger King Recap and Review. So at the end there, uh, you probably heard it as we did the topic transition. That was not a sound effect. That was DJ Pig doing his best impersonation of a tiger. And it was a small good. tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, it was not a full grown tiger. No, definitely like Simba. not. Like Simba. It didn't have that depth, right, in the roar. Uh, but right. it, it was good. It was a good tiger impersonation. But let's go ahead and talk about the king of the tigers, right? Mm hmm. DJ, I know that both of us uh, have done a lot of research on this on this subject um but i think the best way to open up this episode open up this conversation because there's a lot of people uh you know at home listening they they should be at home maybe they're driving to get uh, to somewhere essential but for the most part they should just be sitting on their ass at home safely um the, yes. the best way to the best way to start this podcast off this discussion by the way there may be some spoilers in this episode so if you haven't seen the tiger king uh then you should not listen to this until you've seen it, or you can just listen to it and then go watch it anyways. It's really up to you. I mean, good lord, though, if you haven't seen it by now, my god. Right, right. I mean, I like we said, everyone has seen this, so I'm just really surprised if uh, you were tuning in because we did wait. Like we could have done it last week. We waited a, a, you know, a good amount of time to right. allow people to watch it and then prepare to listen to our podcast. I feel like we're coming right here at the tail end of maybe the Tiger King. Uh, craze, but uh, I don't know if it'll ever end, honestly. But let's—I've been—I've been alluding to this question. Let's go ahead and get it on the table. How crazy was this documentary series? Just absolutely unbelievable. I—I can't—I can't wrap my mind around it. No, no. And what's—what's what's crazy about this is you—you can't—you can't sit a, a group of people in a writer's room down and say, "Hey, come up with this." This right. is something that Mother Nature brought upon us. And it is absolute gold. The way that you find out, like, even the director of the documentary series kind of just stumbled upon this. He had no idea what he got himself into. The whole thing uh, is outrageous. And I and it's like you said, you can't wrap your mind around the things that are happening. It doesn't seem real, but it is. It's a documentary series. And if anyone doesn't know how documentaries work, they're usually based on real things and events. You'd have to be mentally ill to come up with something like this through imagination right and uh that's because most of these people that are included in the documentary series seem like they might be mentally ill and they and let's go ahead and jump into the characters because that's really the tigers of course are are very important to the story but at you know it seems like it's really the the people right that that mm-hmm. drive drive the story forward because the it's it's breaking in broken into seven episodes and so at first, you know, you're like, oh, the tigers, oh, wow, this is how they feed them, all this stuff, all the, you know, all the things that you have to check off the list. But then things get nuts. Like mm-hmm. we said, it's a roller coaster. You know how roller coasters usually start with a big drop? Yeah, I do. This, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. And, and of course, uh, I love your astute observations of how roller coasters work. Um, but 
let me go ahead and say this, and you tell me if I'm wrong. This documentary series starts out with a with a few big big hills, maybe in the beginning, but at the end, mostly are the big drops, the corkscrews, the loop de loops, the things that just throw you off course and you don't understand it. Could, could you agree with that? I can't. No, I, I do think that uh, you are wrong in that because I think that the whole thing is just full. It's like a Phineas and Ferb kind of roller coaster. Ah, it's just yeah. absolutely unreal. A roller coaster tycoon possibly if anybody remembers that. It's the 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 metaphor I think that would work best for this is it's as if a a 6 to 7 year old uh, kid who had no idea uh, about gravity or how uh, physics work got on roller coaster tycoon and created a death machine, right? That's how you can describe the metaphorically uh, connect a roller coaster to this documentary series. So there's seven episodes. It mainly follows Joe Exotic, okay? And my my God, have you ever seen someone that just seems like they're the Tiger King? It seems like he was meant to be. He's got the goatee, maybe even a Fu Manchu going. He's got a bleach blonde mullet going on. Unreal, right? Yes, absolutely right. And then you've got his arch nemesis, that bitch Carol Baskin, down there in Florida. So Joe Exotic's in Oklahoma, and he's got a rival here uh, down in uh, or Florida, yeah, Carol Baskin. And she seems all sweet. She seems like a nice neighbor. But a lot of people, as they've watched the documentary, they're not really sure about that. Um, then it, then it kind of throws in some other people. You've got Doc Antle. Uh, he's not necessarily involved, but I think he knows both parties, at least for the most part. Um, and he, Doc Antle, owns... Uh, you know, a wildlife refuge type thing, maybe possibly you could probably categorize it as a zoo uh, in the Carolinas. And then um, finally, I think the other main person that comes in at the end is Jeff Lowe, uh, kind of a, you know, low-lying scumbag businessman type thing that uh, would probably be the best way to describe it. We'll kind of get into that more as we go along. But the real, the, the heavy hitters in this, okay, because you've always got supporting actors, right? And this, this of course, has a hell of a supporting right. cast, because you get to see the workers at uh, Joe Exotic's uh, Zoo, the GW Zoo. Um, you get to interview people that worked uh, for Doc Antle. You get to see people that were close to Carol Baskin and her family, and and uh, you know her husband, her late husband's family too, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Right. Um, but I mean, like we said, you can't make this up. And I think the guy go- walking into this documentary had no idea uh, what he was getting himself into. He wanted to make a documentary about, uh, you know, domesticating wild animals, uh, specifically tigers, and they dropped a statistic in the show that more tigers are domesticated than there are out in the wild, which is an unbelievable fact that I, like, there's a lot of unbelievable things in the documentary series, but that's that's tough to believe, isn't it? That, I, I guess that's good and bad. Um, I would want wild animals to be in the wild. I mean, at the same time, I guess if and while they're called wild animals, yeah, of course. Right, right. No, absolutely. But at the same time, if you've got uh, ferocious wild animals in the wild, then I would have to assume that that would lead to more attacks. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, great insight as always, DJ. Um, and and that's the thing is, there's just so many questions here. You brought up a question right there, but there's a lot of questions in the documentary series as well. First off, this thing took five years to make. It was a process. Could you imagine, you know, five years is longer than, uh, you know, the time that you spend in high school or college, uh, spending, you know, that time and even more 
uh, dedicating yourself to following people around that own tigers. Isn't that like go ahead and go ahead and try to make that sound good to someone that you know? It, let's say that you did that. Well, try to make that make, make that sound good to someone that you love, one of your family members. Well, hey, the the old the old saying stands true as ever with this. I would have to assume that time flies when you're having fun. All right, mm. and maybe not all of it was fun. I'm sure it was uh, rigorous and, like you said, an absolute process, a beast of a process. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the that producer had to know, even early on within the first couple of years, like I have tapped into something here that is going to blow people's minds. I've got a right. winner. He stuck with it, right? So he wouldn't have abandoned it if he knew that it wasn't worth it. And clearly it was worth it just from how people have reacted. Uh, the the outrageous uh, response to this documentary series is something that I haven't seen because usually you have some cultural phenomenons come along, right? Uh, like, uh, remember Bird Box? Now no one's talking about it. But whenever it came out, oh, wow, Sandra Bullock has a blindfold on. It's so good. you know. And I watched it. It was fine. It wasn't great. You know, definitely I didn't not watch Sand- it. Well, and that's okay, but definitely not Sandra Bullock's uh, best work, and I'm sure you can uh, attest to that without even seeing it. Well, you know, Sandra Bullock... Everyone knows. If I'm going to watch something with Sandra Bullock in it, I need to see less blindfold and more buttocks. I need to see Sandra Bullock's buttocks. Okay. Um, Is that appropriate? No, but can I do anything about it since you're in a different place than I am? I can't. It's my filter. It's my yeah, filter, exactly. Quinn. Your, fil- your filter, and I'll allow it. Um, but let's go ahead and say that if clearly there's one movie in everyone's minds that, that, that Sandra Bullock ran away with. Her best film would be, and we'll say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. The Ocean's proposal. 8. Okay. Okay. So Ryan Ocean's Reynolds 8, was great in that. Yes. Ocean's 8, definitely not. Not a, not a terrible movie, but definitely not. I'll go ahead and say that. Now, let's jump back because we got a little off track with Sandra Bullock and Bird Box, and that was my fault. But let's jump back into this question, okay? Is the rivalry between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, uh, or if you, you might be listening to this and saying, Carol Baskin, who's that? Let me rephrase that. That bitch, Carol Baskin. Then people are going to be like, oh, okay, I know who you're talking about. Is the rivalry between those two people better than the Duke-Carolina rivalry, DJ? It, I would say that it, it, it is more heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I would say it is better because of all the tradition and history uh, that goes back through the Duke-Carolina rivalry, but the stuff that has happened in just a short amount of time in the uh, Joe and Carol rivalry just blows my mind. And might I say, to be the villain in a situation that involves a guy like Joe Exotic, you gotta be a real meanie butt if you're Carol. Yeah. I mean, come on. and thank you for keeping it PG there. Um, yeah, exactly. She seems like, that's the thing, is she seems like the sweet person, but there's just something about her that you don't trust her. I don't understand. I'm sure you got that feeling, right? Yeah, no, it's she's, well, it's manipulative. In, in, in that's true. Hip, uh, just full of hypocrisy on her part. Exactly, exactly. And I, I agree, yeah, the, the Duke Carolina... Uh, tradition is probably gone on a little bit longer, but something that the Duke and Carolina rivalry lacks is tigers, right? So the fact that they have, they both have tigers, or at least they did have tigers, kind of gives them a little bit of leverage there. Um, and also, there's just pure hatred. I think now Joe Exotic comes out 
all the time and says that he hates Carol Baskin. He says that he's going to put her head in a jar. He has his own TV show, right? So he uh, shoots it out to that one point in the uh, at one point in the documentary, and I'm sure you remember this part. Uh, they said that he had this online TV show, and never more than 80 people were watching it. And we can really relate to that, right? Because that sounds we don't, very we don't have yeah, we don't have more than 80 people listening to our podcast, uh, in you know, week in and week out. So we can relate to that. Um, but apparently, he was, you know, he had like he dressed up an inappropriate doll as Carol Baskin and sh- and shot her on on his TV show. So clearly, there is there is some hatred from Joe Exotic and Carol's Carol the whole time is like, uh, hey, all you cool cats and kittens, uh, you know, there's there's no hatred here. I big cat out here at Big Cat Rescue, we love our tigers, and you're just calling you're calling bullshit the whole time as you're watching it. There's yeah. just something off. Yeah, and and Quinn, let let's just call it what it is. That was a sex doll. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's true, and I can't deny that. But I was trying to work my way around it uh, in case there are any younger kids listening. Let's go Sometimes ahead. Sometimes you talk. don't beat around the bush when it comes that's to true. sex dolls. That's true. Thank you very much. And uh, you could put that on a T-shirt, probably. Um, let's see what the next question is here on our docket. Joe Exotic's music, good or bad? Now, as you watch the documentary unfold. There is some music involved, and you say, uh, wow, is that uh, Kenny Chesney? Or, ooh, is that Trace Adkins? No, it's Joe Exotic, and he has country music. Um, and DJ, is if there's one song, because they played a lot of them on there, if there's one song that really stands out to you uh, as far as your favorite Joe Exotic song, uh, what would it be? I would have to, I would have to say it's uh, I Saw a Tiger. I Saw a Tiger. So, oh, it pulls at the heartstrings, right? It pulls at the heartstrings. It's got true meaning, and it's better than most modern country music that's coming out today. I agree. I agree. And he and uh, at the beginning of the song, it says, "Tell all the hunters lay down their guns." Yep. And you're just like you're just like you beat your chest. You're like, "That's exactly right, Joe. You're exactly right." Preach, Joe. That's what you're saying. That's what you're yeah. saying whenever you're listening to it. Um, and also in the music video because these music videos are fantastic. He has uh, one of his husbands in it. Uh, I think his uh, his husband that was in the music video was John Finlay. He also had another husband. I believe his name was Travis. Um, one thing that we should uh, that we haven't mentioned yet: Joe Exotic is uh, a is gay, right? And he mm-hmm. owns tigers, and he mm-hmm. has a zoo. Um, mm-hmm. So he he basically, and and it's kind of wild. But these guys are his husbands throughout the documentary series. And then as the documentary series progresses, you find out that they weren't even gay. So it's just, uh, you know, Joe Exotic is his charm, I guess. It speaks it speaks to that charm. But let's not let's not dive a lot into that because we do have a lot to talk about, especially his country music. Would you say it's good or bad? I would say it's decent. I would say that it's right it's right on the line, all right? Now the lyricism, yeah. beautiful. Um, the voice is is not bad, but there is something that's just like ah, you know, I don't know if I could listen to that all the time. Um, I would yeah. say that it's pretty good though. Uh, I really personally like "Hear Kitty Kitty," uh, which he wrote about Carol Baskin, um, and uh, you know, of course, there's this belief. I'm sure if you've seen anything about Tiger King, it's the fact that Carol allegedly or possibly killed her husband, her first husband or her second husband, uh, that she basically got all the wealth and then the interest in tigers from. Um, a lot of people feel like she fed him to the tigers. She killed him and fed him to the tigers. Uh, I'm not going to say that, uh, but we will get to that in just a little bit. But here, Kitty Kitty, absolutely well done. 
brilliant execution in the music video and the song. Mm. Um, and so I think we can, yeah, we can't put uh, Carol's husband to rest, but we can put the fact that Joe Exotic's music was pretty good to rest, I think. I, I um, think Carol did her part on putting her husband to rest. Exactly right, DJ. And we'll get to that here in a little bit, but that's a great uh, thing to say uh, right here. That's going to really tease the audience. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're sitting, jumping at the bed. Ooh, I can't wait till Quinn and DJ get to that part. Well, it'll be later. We'll get to it. Just don't worry about it. Let's go right. ahead and talk about this. We talked about the supporting cast. Um, there's a lot of different uh, people that work at the zoo, specifically Joe Exotic's zoo. They, you know, they show they show some other people, other workers for like Carol's zoo. Um, Carol doesn't pay her workers, uh, so that's kind of crazy. Doc Antle, uh, you were not. We'll we'll get to that in a second. But Joe Exotic has uh, ex-convicts working for him, right? So. In a way, it's nice. He's giving these people another shot. They probably can't be employed anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Joe says, "Hey, if you can't uh, flip burgers at McDonald's because of your crime, your your crime history, uh, then why don't you come take care of some tigers?" And they're like, "Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, why not? That makes sense to me." Um, specifically, uh, a couple of mine uh, that were my favorite, of course, was uh, well, John Rinky, I think, which is your favorite, right? John Rinky, the Rinkster is by far my favorite character. Yeah, and uh, for anyone that doesn't know, John Rinky uh, has two prosthetic legs, and of course, if you haven't seen it, you would assume that it was possibly a tiger accident. But DJ, what actually was it? No, no, it was it wasn't a tiger accident at all. It was a ziplining accident, which is yeah horribly ironic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Eric uh, was the head keeper at the zoo, the GW Zoo uh, for Joe Exotic. He looks like if uh, Kurt Cobain did even more drugs, um, mm-hmm. and he steals the show a couple times. He's got a really funny quote, and then also at one point he's uh, smoking a cigarette while he pours gasoline, and he says, like, don't try this at home, kids. Uh, but you mentioned, you mentioned a tiger accident. Uh, the other one that we have to talk about is uh, Kelsey Safry. Now, she was an animal keeper at the GW Zoo, and she had her arm ripped off by a tiger uh, one day. If you've seen the meme, uh, Joe Exotic uh, says, I don't know how I'm going to recover this or recover from this financially or I'll never recover from this financially. Uh, it's right after the scene where she gets her arm ripped off. You don't really see anything in documentary. Uh, you see a little bit, but it's nothing uh, that's going to cause you to look away. The, the thing about her, though, is that she gets her arm ripped off, right, by a tiger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Four days later, she's back at the zoo working. Now... I've had I've had an allergy I've had a sinus infection where I'm down for six days all right so I don't understand how someone can get their arm ripped off by a tiger personally I would never step back on that zoo on the on, on the grounds I would never be able to what about you well what it comes down to is it's just dedication and uh, mm. you know that tiger most likely her friend he just got a little hangry and the hangriness of a tiger is probably a little bit more severe than us humans. That's so true. wrong place, wrong time. Can't blame the tiger. Tiger's going to do tiger things, right? Tigers do tiger things. That's exactly right. Um, but I just but I, I know that you defended the tiger and of course it's a wild animal things are going to happen but could you personally and I, I you know it's hard to even imagine this happening but could you per, would you ever go back if you got your arm ripped off by a tiger? No. Yeah, that's what I figured, um, and I and that's 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 all the words that you need to answer that question. I believe. Um, I thought we'll just so. Go, 
we'll go ahead and move on to the next thing. We've talked a little bit about Doc Antle, all right? So he's he seems like a good guy. He rides around an elephant in his neighborhood. Uh, and But the thing is, the documentary kind of sheds him in this weird light. Like, it gives him a weird vibe. Uh, it makes you, it, it leads you to believe that he has multiple girlfriends or wives and that uh, in order for these these workers at his zoo to move up in the in the you know I guess the system they have to sleep with him. Uh, he had a former worker kind of like speak out on everything. It was wild. What kind of vibe do you get from Doc Antle? Because in all honesty, he feels like the most sane character in this documentary series. Um, you know, I I get the vibe from Doc Antle like a uh, a modern day. What was the uh... God, I'm drawing a blank now. What was the guy that had a bunch of people or had a handful of people from Hollywood killed just from the people that kind of followed him? Uh, uh, oh, goodness. It's uh, Manson, right? Charles Manson. Charles Manson. I get, yeah. I, I get a modern-day, uh, less classy form of Charles Manson vibe from from Doc. I almost said Marilyn Manson. That's not right. but No, uh, he's a weirdo, too, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, like, a lot of people are asking, does Doc Antle run a cult? I don't think so, um, but it's tough. Like, I, I mean, and those are questions that you'll never know. Like, uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Does Doc Antle run a I'm cult sorry. in the Carolinas? Did you say Tootsie Pop? I'm, I've been over this so many times. Uh, if, if you want me to pronounce it Tootsie, then spell it T-U-T-S-I-E. It's got two O's, okay? So that's all That's all we're going to say. We're not going to get into that, okay? That upsets me. That upsets me, all right? So okay. don't bring that all up. Right. That, don't, all right. Don't bring that up. Sure I, say it, I, sure, I say Tootsie Roll, okay? That's what I say. Go ahead. Arrest me, okay? Here's we're my thoughts. To... Here's my thought. Jumping back on track here. Here's okay. my thoughts on Doc. For some reason... In modern day times, I think that we are very hesitant to call a cult a cult. Mm. And I think you you call a spade a spade in this situation, I say, yeah, he runs a cult. Okay. And and that's perfectly fine. And you have freedom of speech that allows you to say that. Damn um, straight. I'm, I'm on the side where I can't tell, so I'm not going to you know condemn him, condemn him as being, being a cult leader. Um, it seems like he takes care of the animals. Uh, there's, of course, some rumors spiraling, spiraling around all of these different characters in the documentary. But like I said, he seems like the most normal one. Uh, so I guess we can leave it at that. Um, the, the, another thing that I want to talk about here is we, we kind of touched on it. The documentary quickly turns from the tigers to the people. And we, and we, and we touched on you know the workers at Joe Exotic's place and uh, like how your favorite was John Reinke. Is it because... That, is it because he has no legs? He's a cool guy. He's very level-headed. Uh, I'm not really sure what his background is, but he was definitely my favorite. Well, Rinky, the Rinkster was my favorite by far just because of the harsh irony that he faced. Mm. And, you know, no, I didn't want... I'm, I'm not glad that the guy lost his legs, but uh, he, I mean, he was kind of cool about it. And yeah, I, he I, was. And they were they were almost like they had it was like sleeves, right? He had like all these tattoos, these weird colors on his legs. So um, he he just made it work, and that's what I admired about him. Um, and and another thing, uh, Joe Exotic tried to make his TV studio work, right? Um, mm -hmm. He he was constantly putting content up on his website, trying to get people to notice him. Um, eventually, he even got the attention of a reality TV show producer who was mentioned in the 
documentary series for a couple episodes. His name's Rick Kirkham, okay? Now, mm-hmm. imagine this. Rick Kirkham sees how utterly insane this situation is at the GW Zoo with Joe Exotic. He says, I'm going to profit off this, and I'm going to make a reality TV show about Joe Exotic. It seems it seems like a great idea, and as we've seen, you know, hindsight, in hindsight, the documentary series was phenomenal, okay, because people are so interested in this event. So he was on the right track. But the thing that happened was, DJ, and I'm sure you remember this. Yeah. In, in the documentary series, Rick Kirkham has been filming for however long. He has all of his footage of the for the reality TV show stored in a building, uh, the same one as the TV, as the Joe Exotic TV studio. All of a sudden, somebody maybe uh, says, "Hey, Joe, uh, I don't think that this reality TV show is going to uh, give you or portray you in, a, in the best light." And all of a sudden, Joe Exotic is out of town, and the whole studio goes up in flames. So mm. that is that is kind of a weird situation. Do you think that Joe? could have possibly burned down his own TV studio to save face? I think that he definitely possibly could have. Uh, I think that it seems like an awfully big dink that uh, mm. he was out of town, quote-unquote, yeah. um, That during the, during the time that that happened. That's exactly right. And another weird thing is, I don't know how this works, but... His TV studio was also connected to where he kept his alligators, which doesn't seem like a great uh, layout for a home or really any building. Mm-hmm. Um, so his, unfortunately, his alligators also died in the fire. So it's just it's just one of those weird things. You wouldn't think that Joe, this man that that shows for the for the most part so much character and uh, thoughtfulness for these animals, right? Um, and then all of a sudden he's he's willing to burn animals alive because of that and. And, you know, I'm sure Pete is going to give us a call after uh, they, they see this episode just based on how we're, how we're discussing things. But, hey, don't go after us. Go after the people that were in this documentary series. Exactly. Casualties in the line of fire of Joey Exotic. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And Rick Kirkham uh, that I mentioned, it has recently come out that he had to check himself into a psychiatric facility after trying to put together this whole uh, Tiger King reality TV show, uh, which I can understand just based on how things uh, shaked out. It seems like things were way too much to handle, and I and I don't blame him. And I hope he's all right, just based out well, on those things. I think that viewing this stuff is good for seven episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that trying to build something out of it. I think that that would take a very large mental toll. Mm-hmm. So yes. yeah, I probably would be questioning the importance or significance of human life after I uh, spent a lot of time with these people. Yeah, exactly right. And something that a lot of people were questioning is the fact that Joe Exotic ran for governor, okay? Or he ran for yeah. president. Right. He was he was not elected, so then he ran for governor, and he lost that election as well. That's just kind of a random thing that's thrown in there. Uh, Joe Exotic's campaign, he even had a campaign manager, um, but Joe Exotic ran as a, a third party, a libertarian. Um, and it's just it was just wild. Like you, you think that everything you, you can't expect anything. This is not a predictable story. And it was, I mean, I'm sure that you were blown away whenever, you know, Joe exotic 2016 came up on the screen because he was running for president. Well, it, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe it's hard to wrap your mind around. Um, and there's, he didn't have a great platform and I think that he knows that, but yeah. you know, you shoot your best shot. That's what we he do shot, in life. He shot it. He shot it for sure. Um, and 
it's just you know respect right for him trying but he had to realize that that was i mean in the documentary it talked about like joe thought he was going to win he thought he was going to become president then he thought he was going to win the governor race um he did not win either he got beat pretty handedly in both of them uh but hey props to him and he i think in the for the most part he didn't necessarily want to do the either of those things but he thought that it would bring good publicity to the zoo um and any publicity is good publicity isn't that right that's right. You can see that from this documentary. Exactly. Um, another thing, we're getting down into the meaty discussions here, okay? Carol Baskin, okay? An un, an, an, a very weird villain. I can't really associate her with another villain, but it's like in a cartoon movie or another, uh, like a kid's movie, where the whole time, um, you know, the person is, is really mild-mannered, and you're like, oh, she seems like she's probably, you know, not up to anything, you know, suspicious or diabolical. And then at the end, she's up to things that are suspicious and diabolical. So, Carol Baskin's a hypocrite, right? Big Cat Rescue, uh, quotation marks. Yes. Um, she is trying to take away all of the domesticated, all the people across the country that are keeping tigers in cages. She says, hey, you guys can't do that. That's inhumane. She takes the tigers away from them and then puts them in her own cages at her Big Cat Rescue facility, that's pretty hypocritical, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, no, I would look at her as kind of the opposite of a Robin Hood, right? Mm. Uh, she she is taking from... It's not necessarily taking from the poor and giving to the rich, but uh, it is taking from other people and giving to herself, which is kind of, you know, that blows the uh, ideas out of Robin Hood. Exactly, yeah, uh, and Robin Hood does not need to be blown uh, out of proportion, or uh, right. you know, you know what you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. But yeah. uh, let's get back to Carol because yeah, big cat rescue that doesn't even make sense because if you're going to rescue these uh, quote unquote big cats, then you need to take them back to the, well, the wild. You need to somehow figure out how to get them you back in their own habitat. But instead, she keeps them in her cages until they die. And that and that's it. And she charges people to come in to see them, just as, just like anybody else throughout the country. Um, like I said earlier, she doesn't pay her workers. Uh, in the documentary series, it shows that the workers are excited to get through like this uh, t-shirt color chain. So like the more that they work, the the different color t-shirt that they, that they get, and they have more responsibility, but they work for free. This lady is taking advantage of people. All right. Right. And she is a bad person. You want to know why else she's a bad person? Because she killed her husband and she fed him to the tigers that she had. There's absolutely Which, no way. You know what? If I might say, after watching Breaking Bad, I thought that, you know what? That's the perfect way. If somebody was going to do it and try to dispose of the evidence, that's the perfect way. And now, Carol has trumped that. Exactly, yeah. So in Breaking Bad, they, they d dissolved a body with acid, right? And this one, she yes. just, uh, allegedly, she grinded him up in a meat grinder that they had at the facility and then fed him to the tigers so there was no evidence left um they have never found anything i've heard that the case is uh, becoming open again uh, they're cracking open the case like you cracked open a brewski to start this episode mm. um she definitely, for another. she definitely killed her husband for sure i mean there's there's no doubt about it i'm 98 percent sure that she killed her husband yeah so there, pretty I, just there's hardly any doubt in my mind Pretty close to Germex percent sure, 99.9% that she killed her husband. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people are in agreement with that. The only people that I would say that aren't is uh, Carol Baskin and maybe her husband now, which her husband now is kind of weird. Um, he has some well, interesting fashion choices. He goes full denim occasionally. 
so it's just it's you know what's wrong it's with full denim? Well, uh, Bruce Springsteen can pull it off, but this old guy can't. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. This uh, old so, guy was wearing full denim before Bruce Springsteen took his first dump. Well, that's that's debatable, and we don't have the time to kind of delve into that. But let's go ahead and move on to the next important question, because Joe Exotic, he's followed throughout this whole documentary, and you, you start to really feel for him, okay? It's kind of like a sympathy and empathy kind of thing. You're like, man, this guy's just trying his best. He's not trying to hurt anybody except possibly Carol Baskin. Uh, he, she, he's threatening her. Uh, here and there. Do you think he was set up in the end? Because, of course, finally, there's a whole thing where there's an FBI investigation. There's insiders. You've got Jeff Lowe, uh, who is just, he turns out to be just an awful person. Uh, mm. Really, really just tricked uh, Joe Exotic into thinking that he was an investor and then flipped it around and took the business from uh, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a lot of whistleblowers here and there uh, that are working for the FBI. Uh, one guy, uh, specifically James Gerritsen, uh, which that he was a funny-looking guy, wasn't he? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that final one of the final scenes uh, towards the end of the documentary series where James Gerritsen is on uh, that Sea-Doo, an absolute marvel of uh, TV history. I, I think that should go directly to uh, the Library of Congress, and it should play 24/7 on some sort of screen. I, I think that's the only way to do it justice. But do you think Joe Exotic was set up? I mean, the, he he was he allegedly paid uh, one of Jeff Lowe's uh, right hand guys to go down to Florida and kill Carol Baskin. Uh, there's another person that he allegedly paid money to do that too. But it just doesn't seem like it, it happened, or at least the documentary didn't see, make it seem like that was the case. But he's sentenced to 22 years in prison. I mean, I, I just I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I wasn't sitting in the jury. I didn't hear. Uh, I didn't hear the lawyers' pitch there. But uh, you know, I don't think he did it. I don't. I think that. Uh, I think that if Joe wanted it done, it would have got done. Mm, yeah, he might have even done it himself. Uh, so. Joe doesn't seem like the guy who would hand off his dirty work to somebody else. Yeah, he maybe one di- of his husbands. He is a dirty guy, but he doesn't seem like he. W- he seems like he would take care of his own dirty work. That's exactly right. Um, and. You know what? We weren't in the jury. We didn't get to see the trial. But what, from what I've heard is there may be a season two of this. They have so much footage that they might pump out another season two. Um, I also heard that there's a new episode possibly being added on to this season this week. Uh, so uh, good timing for us, right? Because we did this podcast. Uh, so we'll both have to watch that uh, and talk about it. Like we, Not an episode of our podcast solely dedicated to it, but we'll definitely talk about it uh, with each other. Um, and it's just it's just wild. And another thing that I've heard, like we said earlier, I just don't think you can make this up. Uh, they're thinking about casting uh, a movie that's based around the Tiger King documentary series. I yeah. really think I really think you should just leave the documentary series as it is. This is as good as the story's gonna get. the The movie might be funny, but we've seen movies like this before where you know a lot of expectations and then it doesn't live up to uh, the hype. But Kate McKinnon, uh, I believe, from SNL is. Uh, cast to be carol baskin which i think could probably work who do you think would be a good joe exotic if they made this into a movie you know um it depends on what direction you want to go with it Mm. um i think i think dicaprio plays the heck out of any role you can you can put dicaprio in the conversation for anybody he could play absolutely any role but so we could be yeah imagine leonardo dicaprio winning an oscar 
for yeah. uh, for playing Joe Exotic in the Tiger King movie. That I don't know about that. I don't think they're going I, for a serious movie here. I'll tell you who I think would kill it better than anybody else. Tom Hanks. Tom, well, of course, and that's another guy where Tom Hanks, of course, is going to be able to play this. I don't know if he fits, like, just the physical role as far as, like, he doesn't necessarily look like Joe Exotic. The two that really pop off to me would be David Spade, um, because he's played Joe Dirt, so it's not going to be a big step for him to play Joe Exotic. I think he's got that in the wheelhouse. Um, right. And another guy that I think has the chops to do it, he can pull off the seriousness of the role as well as have some comedic effect, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, McConaughey would knock that roll out of the park. I'm telling you, he would be an all right, awesome. All right, little kitty. He would, yeah, he would, of course, sing that little kitty to sleep. He would probably caress its head, uh, the tiger's mm. head, as uh, he sang it a lullaby or something like that, which Joe Exotic possibly could have done as well. We know he had a kind of a successful music career. We did forget to mention that that isn't exactly Joe Exotic singing in. Uh, his own music videos. It's a different band, and that band is now trying to, uh, I think, receive compensation for the fact that their music was played on this documentary series. Very interesting. There's so many twists and turns. We we are limited to the amount of time that we had. I mean, we we've gone over our uh, allotted usually 30 to 35 minutes, um, right. but we're gonna we're gonna have to cut it off here. Uh, we covered as much as we could, and we hope that any of the Tiger King you know, fans or anybody that hasn't watched it enjoyed us talking about it. It probably helps if you've watched it. Um, DJ, uh, scale of 1 to 10, what do you give Tiger King? Uh, oh, oof. I don't give out 10s very easily. And uh, I guess my mind may change after that other episode comes out or maybe after a season 2. As of right now, I'm probably sitting at about... Maybe a 9.2, 9.3? I was thinking around an 8.8. .8. Yeah, uh, it's it's very entertaining. A lot of twists and turns. Uh, keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's one of those shows where you stay up a little bit longer than you should have probably watching it just because it's so interesting. Uh, they do right. such a good job putting it together with all the characters and the storylines and, and bringing yeah. everything together at the end. So I would give it an 8.8, .8, uh, 9.2 from you, right? So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, I mean, when, when do you think you'll get around to watch watch it you think you'll watch it soon i'll probably watch it as soon as i can i'm, I'm in the middle you, of a show right now you I've haven't got seen some other the, stuff you haven't seen the tiger king documentary series right no none of it uh oh, haven't okay. seen haven't seen a minute of it I, i'll get to it as soon as i can i've just got yeah. some other well, stuff I, that I want to get I to have, first i have seen it it was phenomenal so i will go ahead and tell you that you need to watch it kind of like how i did last week whenever i said hey we're going to do this uh podcast covering tiger king but I understand you're a busy man. You're a busy man. You've got things in your life going on. Everybody does. Everything's right. kind of uh, upside down right now. Um, but, hey, if, if you want to see something that's even more upside down, you need to watch this Tiger King documentary series. So I'm sure you'll get to that at some point. But, hey, absolutely. You know, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've got some other shows to watch. DJ, uh, we did a great job, I think. We did as best as Always. we could. There's, there was so much here. But um, that's going to do it for this episode of All You Need to Know. Uh, all you cool cats and kittens, my name is Quinn Eaton. I'm DJ Pig. Uh, and you guys take it easy. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at all you need the number two no zero zero at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K we've got you covered.